If you're 43 years old and you're like me, you're gonna love this. This is a, a legendary moment for me, uh, sitting down with the iconic, iconic music entity known as Cypress Hill. We talk about the, their origin story. We talk about you know how things pop in culture. We talk a little cannabis. I think this will be a super fun uh, uh, podcast. Please enjoy and please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't, looking at some of the metrics. A lot of you are listening and you're not subscribed and that breaks my mother's heart. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be legends. Gonna get their attention. What we're doing here ain't just scary. It's about to be legends. So the biggest thing that I'm excited about is obviously for me, like when when we started first interacting on social, it was like right? Like to me this is like so unbelievable. I'm curious about the entrepreneurial aspect of you guys. Like, you know, at first it was like, holy shit, you know, so cool. Anybody like at my age is like, you guys are so iconic and legendary. What's really gotten interesting as we keep interacting and just watching is how much entrepreneurial DNA is in in you guys. And and so like, I guess for me, mainly because I definitely want to put everybody who fucks with me on. What do you guys? What do you guys give a fuck about right now? Well, you know, actually, real quick, just for the. 18 year old that's not educated enough to really know. Can you guys go around and actually, before we go into anything, who you are and actually the origin story of one of the most iconic. I am Be Real. I'm Eric Bobo. And I'm Sun Dog. And we're Cypress Hill. Um, you know, we started making albums in 1991 with Rough House Records through Sony Music. And uh, we've had, you know, a storied career, <laughs> if, if you, you will, 27 years of it. Um, uh, you know, we did a lot of out-of-the-box things in terms of our, our music and sound. Before and you got to 91, how, when did you guys meet? Uh, Sen and I, I, I've known Sen since I was maybe 13, 14 years old. That puts it around somewhere like 1986 when we met. He was hanging 80, out. 83, 82, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. But even yeah, I was a little bit younger. Yeah, 13, so yeah. he was hanging out with my brother, breakdancing. And I, I had Where? like a little in, in South Dick, California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had like this little uh I had like a little aspirations of being a rapper, me and my brother, you know. And one day he told me there was a guy in the breakdancing group that could, you know, rap really good. And we should bring him in our crew. So it ended up being him. So we actually auditioned him in front of my mother's house. <laughs> so we were that's how serious that's, we were. That's how that's how you and, did uh, it. Yeah. He started rapping. I think he rapped for about three or four minutes and after like the first thirty seconds I was like, he's in. Wow, I, but quick. I just let that him go quick, on. Huh? <laughs> yeah. That quick. That quick, yeah. You just knew. I just knew, yeah. Love and it. then so we became like a three man crew. Yep. And then eventually guys just started doing their own solo deals and me and B were like the last two left. Okay. From about, you know, five or six entertainers that would eventually get, you know, contracts and stuff off our block and our little crew that we had. Me and him were the last two and Muggs was uh producing somebody back east and he kept sending me cassettes in the mail, you know, for, with music on it. So I would have to go and get him because he was caught up in doing the gang life thing. And I would try to go, hey, come on, come over here, man, so we could, you know, write to these tracks or whatever. And he's like, man, I, I can't leave. We're in the middle of a war. <laughs> <laughs> At so, the time. Yeah. So when Muggs came back to L.A., we both went over there and got him. And I think after the second time, we ag- he agreed to come to the apartment in Hollywood that Muggs had set up to uh, record one song. That, and we were going to bring him back that night. And he, he never went back. He just stood in the studio in the apartment there and we just recorded and recorded and recorded. But our group, we started it actually in 1988 when he and I decided, you know, we're going to call it Cypress Hill, which was the block that I lived on 
in Southgate was called Cypress Avenue, but somehow we put the hill on it. it there's a story behind that too, but yeah. <laughs> um, we uh, we uh, we decided, okay, we're gonna do it. We're gonna go for it. This is the name of our group, and so it was just me and him. I love that. And then yeah. what happened? Well, you know, some couple years later, um, we would uh, get a call from the Beastie Boys to to open for them and Henry Rollins. And, and how did they get put on? Like, where were you, where was your heat coming from? Well, you know, there was a lot of word of mouth about our music, um, yeah. especially uh, this particular song called "How I Could Just Kill a Man." And once that song started being played, because we we released a song called "The Funky Phil Ones" and "How I Could Just Kill a Man," like a double A side at the time, which gave DJs the options to flip the record mm -hmm. if they liked the other side mm -hmm. better. We started because Sony thought it would be more marketable and it's less aggressive with Funky Phil one. But the DJs, again, they flipped Fuck the record and, and they started fucking with how I could just kill a man. And things started to go from there. You know, um, they put that particular song in the Juice soundtrack, which was Tupac's first big movie role. And it was a big thing for us because it was in the pivotal Huge scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, it 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 helped launch that. How'd song. you feel when you saw it in the scene? Oh, oh we were, I was stunned. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Whoa. yeah, you know what? What was trippy yeah. about that was that people, you know, started getting up and dancing in the theater when that part came on, and we were like, oh shit, this song is pretty yeah, big. That was cool. We didn't realize how. So you wait, know, you literally just real quick because it's fun now. You literally go into, the, like, you went to the theater. We went to a screening. They yeah. invited us to a screening. Yeah. Uh, You're uh, sitting there. And we're sitting there. And all these cool people are the there. The scene happens. Cool yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> the theater's packed. It's, you know, industry yep. people, some fans, a little yep. a mixture of yep. everything. And How I Could Just Kill a Man comes on, and immediately people start getting up and rocking out. Like, oh, shit. You know, like, it, and was the, it was a great feeling because, I mean, we had only. Did you look at each other like, what the fuck? Yeah, we, we yeah. had only ever seen that in the movie Crush Groove. Mm -hmm. Like, there was a part in Crush Groove mm -hmm. where the whole theater gets up and mm -hmm. they, they start partying out because it's this one particular song everybody fucking knows. And that happened to us. It, in, it, it the, at the screening with it, when our song came on, it, it, it was mind blowing. So now we're starting to catch momentum and we caught the eye of the Beastie Boys who had their their eyes and ears to us very early on. We opened up a show at, here for them at the Octagon Club a long time ago, well, in the, in mm -hmm. the early days. And, you know, we became friends with them. So that, that uh, turned into us coming on this tour with them and they had Bobo at the time. Bobo was their percussionist at the time. And, uh, you know, we went on that tour and he spent more time with us because <laughs> beasties were in the Zen mode at this point. They weren't partying. They weren't the wild beastie boys that they right. used to be on stage. They were dope. They were right. wild the way you expect to see them. But offstage, they but, became domesticated. But but offstage, they were a little bit mellow. Yeah. And, and, and mellow. And, and we were like off the chain at You're the time. You like we were trying to burn down the city. Crazy as we hell. We were crazy yeah. as hell. We, you know, we were, was like, fuck, I need to get some more. Yeah, I was kind of attracted to what they were doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I remember first when I first met B, I was on the bus with DJ Hurricane. And uh, all of a sudden, Thank he you. comes from the back, throw out. Join it. Hey, what's going on? This was my first introduction. Party like, life. yo, this guy is fucking nuts right there. I love it. <laughs> you know, and then just started hanging out and then eventually just put it all together. And they had the brilliant idea of adding a percussionist to the whole thing. That was actually Send Dog's idea. That was yeah, Splash of Brilliance by Send Dog. Yeah, because no, no other hip hop oh, yeah. group at the time had a percussion player within their set. You yep. know, you might have seen people playing with a band but you know we were adding an element 
to the live show that you know was not a part of the album so it added a component when you came to hear us you not just you didn't just get the 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 what you heard on the album you had extra with those percussions and the dynamic of bobo adding his energy to the show yeah so i invited him to play at a college uh at, back home we did a el camino el camino yeah. college we did like a fundraiser for latino studies type thing and uh i invited him to to the show to come play with us and he came and I remember I, I wanted to like lure him in, so I went and got the biggest bag of weed. You know, <laughs> it cost me like 400 bucks an ounce, you know what I mean? And then I, when I saw him that day, I go, casually said, hey man, you want a blaze? And I goes, yeah, yeah, sure. And I, here, <laughs> you know, hit him so, with it. Yeah, hit, hit him, him with it. Try to lure him in, you know, and then yep. he did. It worked. And then, worked. then he did Woodstock <laughs> with us in the midst of a Beastie Boy tour, Yeah, you know, which yeah. was cool. He came and played the, the show with us, so. It's cool for us. Yeah, for sure. I don't yeah. know about for them. I don't know about for them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I left a note for Mike D saying, yo, uh, I'll, be <laughs> I'll be back right for back. the show, you know, yep. don't worry about it, but I didn't make it. I get it. So, uh, you know, it was either. And that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I got fired from the BC Boys, I knew I had a gig with Cypress Hill, so. You were set. I, it was a win-win. And you wanted <laughs> to be at Cypress Hill. Yeah, I, 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 I get did. it. Yeah, I, I get so. it. And yeah. so, and then what happened? You know, from there, it's it's, not, was nonstop touring. I mean, yeah. you know, we spent a lot of time on the road. A lot. Yeah. You know, um, which I admire. Like, I like that. Like, that to me is work ethic. Well, we mm. knew that we knew with with our style of music and what the, the the type of things we were talking about in terms of legalization. You need to be out there. Yeah, we needed to be out there because yeah, the radio have, wasn't gonna. Yeah, we do didn't it have the luxury you. of the radio yep. or MTV. Yep. MTV played you know a couple videos for us yep. as much as they could. We had we had good people over there, but. You know they had bosses, and their bosses had guidelines on what could yeah. could go on air. So we knew we had to compensate by playing in in front of as many people as possible. That's exactly right. Yeah. And we had to win them over. So you know we we. What, set, were, what were the height years of touring in that in that piece? Oh, I'd wow. say like '93 when a Black Sunday came out, and the band yeah. we were actually number one in the world at that point, and we With had the albums. number one album, yeah. and then we had like the number seven or eight slot. With our five. first album, five. Yeah. So one and five. Play yourself. I remember Janet Jackson and Keeping YouTube being under us, it, and that time was real hectic because the hit song "Insane in the Brain" was just going global. And so global, it, it was like fucking. You know, it was like a, It was just like you know, hang on for the ride type of thing. How yeah. quickly did you know that that moment was happening? We did with that song. We it was unexpected. Yeah. No, no, but how that makes sense. But like, when when do you know? Oh fuck. This is something like so we were in Europe. That's changed. I mean, that those kind of songs change things, whether good, bad, and different. Right, yeah, they change, right? They change. You know, as an outsider, but as like a paying attention to the world kind of guy. Yeah, that shit changes shit. Yeah. yeah. So we were in Europe. Everybody who's listening right now, who's like sixteen, who do doesn't fully know, know and is listening right now, as soon as they heard that part, they're like, "Oh fuck!" That you know, yeah. that mm -hmm. changes shit. Yeah. Mm. So for us, you know, we were. Uh, on the on the heels of of our first album and we hadn't been to europe we didn't go to europe on our first album to promote it or anything right. like that so there was a demand for us down yeah. there and it just so happened that we go down there right before the release of our black sunday album yep and we go out there and uh you know we're getting a great response but you know when we're calling back home our family and friends are telling us hey you know your album comes out today or tomorrow but there is lines around the block at every store for like yeah, wherever cool. you go for your shit. Like people are standing in line, and we didn't get that concept because you know we Adversion. we were just yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, we were just like, warehouse. you know, into making the music and, music and right? we were just, you know, focused on making the music was and Goody playing it. Was still around then? Yeah. 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 All of all them were around. Yeah. And, and they were all. Used to do a lot of in-store shit? Yeah. That was, that was part of it. I don't know if I loved it, but we did it like you know, to promote ourselves. <laughs> no, 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 no artist no, no ever loved it. No some artists. people like, some people, listen, I'm weird as fuck. Pop stars I love it. doing fucking it's like. It's cool for the fans. It's yeah. cool. And, and it's I like cool meeting inter- people. Like, and it's cool to shit. interact with the fans, you know. It was but it's, it's, it's tiring. Yeah, you know. And then once you're known, drain it's you. way easier to go and meet people. And so they know who you are and what you sound like. Instead of they looking at you all weird, like, okay. Sure, I'll take your autograph. I don't really know who you are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a grind in the beginning because you know, as a young artist, they got you going everywhere, and you ain't making dollar one at that point. You know, so so you guys came back to membrane, like like you came back to the hoopla. Yeah, we came back to it, and and you know, you have any sense of why it got so crazy? Like, was like did like all the like did radio like what do you have it? I'm so fascinated. Sometimes I send my team to reverse engineer shit. Like I remember like a year and a half ago. I was just like in the in the airport and literally texting my team like, yo, I think women are gonna be wearing cutouts in their jeans again. Cause I just saw like four and I hadn't seen it for like seven years. I'm like, I need to know why. Yeah. And I, I fuck with that. Do you have any sense of mm. like, you know, a lot of times it's a million things, but is I there think a, it's I think it's because it's a colorful song. You no know, question. It's, it, it, but you it, have it, other colorful songs. Yeah, but but that one I think it, it was a combination of of the beat was very bouncy, like a yes. like a, a club type beat yeah. where you it, be like a, a mosh pit or whatever, but yeah, we also had a was, yeah. we also had a simplified chorus that was real anthemy where you could yeah. sing along to it really like simply. You know, four year it just made it consumable yeah. to everyone. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and you know we didn't see it. Did coming. you know it when no. you were making it? We did no. not know it. I didn't. I'll, I'll no, I don't think any of us did. We all thought. Did anybody who, was, who wrote we it? We all thought it would be a well, great. We like wrote a, it, you know, like we, kind of collabi. Like no, well, we always write. We always wrote our own stuff together. Yeah. And do you, uh, do you remember how you wrote it? Uh, that one, uh, actually, mm-hmm. I, I think I wrote that while I was here because we we spent uh, more time recording that album here in New York. Yeah. And uh, but was I, it one of these joints where people were like we need some more songs and you're just, just fucking no, with that was, or was, like somebody said songs, something? It was one of the third or fourth joints on the album because I think I wrote Doctor Green Thumb and Hits from the Bong first. <laughs> yeah. And uh, when we got here to New York is when Mugs broke that beat out. Because we came here to sort of soak it up and, uh-huh. and get in, get in it, get in it, and uh, he came up with that beat, and we both did the beat kill you right away. Like, oh yeah, like, oh yeah, we knew that we knew it was a slam. And so what, you heard it and you started writing. Yeah, because you know, for for all all all, all our music, we always tried to look at when when we play live, what songs are gonna fit live. Yeah. And that one right there, we said- you reverse engineer live. Yeah, we were like, okay. this one's gonna fucking be a banger. Did did we know it was gonna be a hit? Hell no, when when Sony picked it's it. It's an understatement. When, when Sony picked it, we were like, really, you want that song? Oh, all right. Does the person it. at Sony that picked it take a lot of credit? No. No? They, they, they never did. You know, it was like a company decision. Donnie Einer was actually the one, I think, who made the call, the call. on that one. Salute to Donnie Einer. He knew his shit. Yeah, he's the man. And no one fucked with Donnie Einer. So, <laughs> you know. did what Donnie said. So. Yeah, you do. You did what Donnie suggested. Because usually you were going to win if you did. Yeah. And, and, uh, he let us be us. That was the cool thing. And he loved that song. Well, you guys so. would have had no shot on, if you didn't have that support. Yeah, they, they yeah. definitely You're so uniquely you. Yeah, it I just would have died. Well, you know, because most pressed out of the system. Most labels were trying to mold groups at that time that didn't have a sense of who they were. We, everybody we was pandering knew. to MTV. Yeah, and we knew who we were. 
and they knew that. So they they gave us the room to create and be who we wanted to be. Only acts or humans that know who they are has this longevity. Otherwise, you're a byproduct of the moment. I agree, and we've seen those byproducts, you know, come we've and seen go. All of them. Yeah, and, and, and to keep going forward, you know, what I mean, because there's always going to be those, uh, you know, peaks and valleys and and things that are going to hit you. But uh, we we persevered, you know, in a real way during. Uh, and it's so fun to see the culture. What talk about cannabis, America? Like, you know, this is like, like so, like it's like you know what I love when merit and the right thing wins. Yeah, mm-hmm. it feels good. The when one that thing happens. that's weird sitting with you guys, I've been on this crazy kick. You know, I'm 43. Grew up in Jersey in a very diverse neighborhood, so got very affected by Beastie Boys and Run DMC and your yes. TV raps, and that's I'm that product. I'm same, that, same here. Right? Yeah. It's what completely fucks with me sitting with you. It's so meta to my biggest thesis. I can't believe, like now I'm like, oh, the Rolling Stones, and like the Who, like I when I was a kid, I could have never put the pieces together that you guys and the seven or eight others could become that iconic. Right. I definitely know you weren't thinking it either. Yeah. Like, right. right? No, not at all. Like it's yeah. so like when I look at you guys right now, like in my head as a consumer, you're like the things when I was a kid that I was like, oh, I don't know if that's for me, but it's crazy that they're still so cool. All you know. Right. Mm, it's right. crazy to watch hip hop convert Become into that. rock and roll. I mean, that's the, that, you know, because it's the life cycle, yeah. right? And they, and they didn't think it would it would last that long to become that. That's but right. It, it goes to show you the staying power and the strength of, of hip hop culture. Does that run through your mind that like, like just, you know, in trying to be humble and it's you and it's always hard to see it in yourself, but is there a sense within you of like, holy fuck, we're gonna, like when we die, we're gonna end up being one of these iconic 10, 12, 15, 20 figures of this thing that is now foundational of the culture of fucking the world, let alone America. It's does that run so, through your mind sometimes? Sometimes it does. It's one of these thoughts that overtake you and like, cause I remember meeting him when we were little kids and stuff and, and now we're, we, deal, we, we did what we we're gonna say we do and now we're here and we're still here, went on almost 30 years and I'm like, man, this thing just won't stop, you know? So it's a special back thing then it was knowing just like, that, you know? Can we get a, a little money, some girls, a yeah. little, little fee. Yeah. yeah, for us. And then it's like, then, oh shit, we made it. Like, yeah. ooh, ooh, we really made it. There's a lot of, there's 80,000 people. Yeah, you know, we made it. Now it's like, oh shit, we're legends. Like, that's what it is. Hey, I want a little something. Oh fuck, we made it. Oh fuck, fuck, we're legends. You, you know what? It, it's yeah. It, you know I, I it's think, just the truth. You won't say it. I'll say it for you. Like that's fucking crazy. It's it's a trip. Uh, by the when, way, it's the only thing I'm playing for. And, and it's it's a it's a trip to hear other people say it. You know what I mean? And we definitely had a work ethic to where we didn't want to stop. We didn't want to let anything be an obstacle. We knew we can be the ones to to stick around as long as we wanted to, like the Rolling Stones and, and, and groups like that in rock and roll that are iconic and, and had the staying power. We we were just always tenacious in, in knowing that we could do it as long as we wanted to. So what now? What now gets you going? Like what's, what's really like got fire in your belly? I think, mm. you know, still being able to make good music, you know, and yeah. uh, that's, that bangs, you know what I mean? And people still dig it. If, if you didn't have that side of you, if, if you has kind of like fell off musically, I don't know. Can I ask I, you a question not, in reverse, Boyd? You're about to get real happy. Let me ask you a question. 
So I meet with a lot of emerging up and coming artists because I just I think it's cool, it's fun, it's how I like startups, it's how I liked wine. I got like yeah. this part nobody knows about my story. Like the reason I really got famous in wine and did well, I was just right about which wineries were going to be next. Right. And I was like, fuck it, I can make more money doing that with startups, and that really worked. And now I'm doing it, and Mike is Boyd, who's here, is like such a big part of it as he like listens to unlimited music and finds things that he thinks I might like. Mm-hmm. And every time I meet with them. You know, Jid the other day, I'm like, listen, you need to reach out to somebody and do a collab song that makes no sense. I'm trying to take like hood kids from Atlanta and tell them they need to reach out to Cindy Lauper right. and do a collab. Or like, and then it, and then I've been bringing up, I'm like, you know, and I've been said this twice, but I've said it to kids, not l- people that are like that. I want to ask you this. I said to them, I was like, you know what? Actually, you should reach out to Stevie Wonder cold and, and Smokey Robinson cold because I, look, the answer is it should be no, and who the fuck are you? Right. But who the fuck knows if the this morning they woke up and they said, you know what, I want one more fucking song, number one in the world at this moment, right. and this little fucker can probably help me he, get there. He has it, yeah. Had, from your perspective, the kind of people that I think would really be the benefit to a kid that's coming up just about to pop, right, gonna, 18 months ago, right? right? Is that something, like how do you, when people reach out and wanna do something with you, or do people reach out, or do they not because they're intimidated, or are you like, fuck that, that's not authentic, I can't fuck with that, like how do you think about that? Well, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, people. It's a really interesting question to me. People yeah. definitely reach out, you know, uh, whether it's as the band, or one, you of, know, you individually. one of us yep. individually. And you know, we just pick and choose, like what I'll always do is ask them to send me the track. Yep. And if I feel it, when's the last time you did something like that? Oh, I mean, I I, I do at least a couple of years. Yep. The last one I did was uh, with this artist named uh, Sikan, as uh, a Mexican artist uh, out of Mexico, out of Guadalajara. Yeah, and uh, you know he raps in Spanish and stuff like that, and but it's tra- it. traditional hip hop, yeah. and I and I liked it a lot. Nice. And um, have you guys done it as the group? Um, like have you been a feature or a collab with somebody that was on the verge? When's the last time we did that? That's, uh, That's a good one. I don't think we ever God, because we I'll, be, to, I'll, we, I'll be very honest. This is super selfish. I so think you should. I'm being selfish. I want to catch a kid that she or he is just like a minute away or yeah. just got it. I want you to fully be in it with them for real because I just know exactly what's going to happen, which is then everybody will know. Well, the closest thing- <laughs> I'm just closest, being selfish. The closest thing we did with that was uh, we have this 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 cat named Demrick. Now, he's been in the, the fold for a yep, while now, yep. and he's been doing a lot of yep. solo work, work with Exhibit, work with yep. Exhibit and I. He was, uh, at the time, uh, a young younger mm-hmm. unknown artist, and we put him on our Rise Up album. You know, we he, he was in there for that whole process. And uh, you know that was yeah. one of the younger cats yeah. that we decided to work I with. I just want to wake up in the morning know. and Boyd texted me and like forget about it, I even met either one of the two people I'm about to bring up. I just would I'm imagining a world where I get, wake up in the morning and Boyd texts me and goes, "Yo, T Grizzly and Cypress Hill just dropped up joint." Like that, like that excites me. Like I think there should be so much more. What yeah. people are doing now is they're collabing within themselves. Yeah, true. And I think there's so much magic. In collabing, either legend or left field. Yeah, out like of the left box. field, like, like it's a different inspiration. Out of the box, it's is a back. different inspiration because you know so you fun. work with someone that's hungry and a younger artist, and 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 they they have an opportunity 
to work with somebody that is an that idol. They, yeah, where I their mean, mom, they, they, yeah. like when their uncles they're like bring, fuck you. They're bring so they're pumped. Everything. You're yeah. I believe it. it, it I love one plus one equals three, and to me, legendary hip hop collabing with just on the cusp of being a top ten yeah. is just super interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what to say. If there was a song twenty three months ago, it's funny I'm saying twenty three with you and tw and twenty one Savage, like that would have like I'm that to me is just it's I, I think it's compelling for sure. Mm -hmm. It's com that's a thank you. It's compelling, and there should be more of it, and. Uh, and I'm trying to like beat that drum. I, I think mm. you'll see more of that because I think more artists, especially artists from our time, well, are, are getting more open if about I heard it. Bell Biv DeVoe was doing a song with Cardi B a year ago, I would have lost my mind. Like, you know, like that's just, you know? Yeah. Not when Cardi's now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's but like kind of, yeah. Cusp, the yeah. freshman list yeah. with mm -hmm. the icons. Yeah. Well, part of that is also having a vision to, to put something like that together. Well, put, that's right. You know, yeah. to, but this is a world a of everyone right. saying no. Yeah. Like when I pitch these kids, they're like, nah, they, why would, I was like, you don't fucking understand. They may be in the living room right now. Now look, some people made their money, they toured, they had all the things, they vices, they, they, and they're good. They're now raising their kids. But they'd like to they're, get back But some again, people yeah. are sitting there saying, you know what? One more. Even yeah. Stevie fucking Wonder. Even yeah. fucking Elton they John. They would love it. Yeah, I mean, you know. Again. You don't know until you ask. I actually think at that status, you got like seven out of ten are like, get the no. Yeah, I'm not even like fucking. I mean, it. it's I'm, almost. I'm not like, even paying attention enough to know if this is a good idea or not. It almost. Or the manager says no. That's been with them for forty years. It almost speaks to that moment when when um, Eminem and Elton John, Sir Elton John, yeah. collaborated. Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett. That was awesome. That too. was fucking fresh as fuck. Yeah. yeah. And there's so much to be done in, in hip hop. And you guys, in my opinion, from far, are uniquely one of those seven to 10 entities. Uh, I just think it'll be fresh. We're gonna have to explore that. That's a good idea, right? That's a I great idea. Yeah. I really do. And I also like, like, cool, that makes we'll me We'll call you when we tell got me, something. Tell me what, tell, you know, we've been, you know, actually, that's a good question. So back to like how fun my life has gotten the last two years as more eyes have been on me. Waking up in the morning and getting a DM from Cypress Hill, that's some shit. I called every single fucking person I went to high school with and like just had the best time. How did you get onto the, like what was this, like how did you even become aware of the concert or what, what happened? Someone put me onto you, you know, and so, you know. They're like, yo, check this guy out? Yeah, and. Uh, it, and you got it, it right it away? It started from there and we got the it. The same I way mean, he got you in the first 30 seconds or a little bit longer? No, no, right <laughs> off the top, you know, because, you know, a lot of the, the stuff that, that you're trying to instill in, in people is inspirational in saying that, you know, there's no obstacles. You can go do this. If you set your mind to task, boom, go get it. No excuses. Yep. And, uh, I love that shit because that's <laughs> that's the way that we've Just always approached making music. We didn't let anything be an obstacle. We believed in ourselves and you know, we set to task. And yeah. here we are 27 years later rocking out with Gary V. <laughs> you know what you were writing, you know what you wrote made sense, and, you know, I finished a question in book in like 2 days. You know. I appreciate and it. it just made sense especially being involved social media wise yeah. and knowing how to get your brand out there, it, it makes, just made sense. You know what's funny to me? I always tell people, it makes sense, like when I, when people really didn't believe it, the people that it most made sense to were people that went through the machine and made it, like right. you, because mm -hmm. then you knew how true it was because you knew the disadvantages of having distribution have the leverage instead mm -hmm. of the creative. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Mm-hmm. That's, and that's his, that's that's the business. There's serendipity in you being here as well. It was just that was the machine. Thank God the right people got eyes on you. Thank God you had full conviction and were willing to die in your sword. Mm-hmm. But now the same you. Let's pop that on SoundCloud and YouTube. Yeah. And you build all the leverage. That's the get down now. A hundred percent. So what else is going on in the entrepreneur land? Uh, So you you got a prop on the table. Yes, and this is actually for you. Thank you, my guy. This is uh, one of our uh, Cypress Hill products in the cannabis. I love it. Does it feel crazy to watch cannabis go truly mainstream? It, it Obviously, feels there's good. some federal stuff yeah. that's going to slow it down a little bit, but it feels good because I mean, you know, it validates all the. There you go. Yeah. Crushing it. Writing it and crushing it. <laughs> go ahead. Um, no, it feels great because I mean, you know, all the the sacrifices that we made in talking about it in the music. You know, because when we started, it was taboo. You, you taboo know, as, as fuck. especially yeah. in hip hop. Are you kidding? Nancy Reagan just had her run. Yeah, and seriously, yeah. like li- literally, like I'm telling you right now, the, like you, we've talked about, it, it's like I don't smoke or do anything. Literally, because of Nancy Reagan, my mom completely and utterly bought into that propaganda into that shit, and then yeah. pushed that shit on me. Hundred. Yeah, yeah. Mm. you know, so yeah, yeah. we we had it's opportunities, um, you know, leave the table because of our politics and our stance on cannabis yep. and stuff like that. So. Yep. You know, to see it now come to fruition, everything that we thought too. could happen and that we believed could happen. wait the next 20, 30 years. And here we are. And, yeah. you know, I know Jack Carrera's dancing around wherever he's at <laughs> in heaven. Yeah. If you believe in that, um, he's probably dancing around, celebrating, smoking one with some archangels and whatnot <laughs> because he's the one that put us down with a lot of the information that would be, you know, from us. Yeah, that we would give Spread. out to our fans, yep. you know, and uh, you know, a lot of other artists followed suit. Now, you know, you had reggae artists like Bob Marley mm-hmm. and Peter Tosh and and all those guys, those legends, yes, that were championing the cause. But you know, I don't think reggae hit mainstream the way hip hop did, and I think that's what that's that was our power is that, that we had difference. mainstream. Uh, success with our brand of hip hop that actually had the the legalization politics in it, which which blew it up and it it caused other artists in hip hop to follow us and uh, other artists outside of hip hop. Yeah, no, no. You know, Listen, so everybody watching, take it from an old soul who loves to figure out what the seed is that creates stuff. <laughs> These guys created the framework of what the mid 90 and late 90 and early 2000 guys and gals talked about. They gave permission to the snoops of the world, period, truth, end of story. Hmm. It's just the truth. Thank you. Thank you. Just just facts. Well, you know. You you know why? You you extended the rubber band. Uh, Tyler's not in here. Tyler, my admin, you know, one of the things I always told him, he does so much more work in 10 hours than he ever thought he could. Right. And I'm like, well, when you love what you do and when you see it and you do it, you can stretch the rubber band and it gives you permission to fill that bag. Right. That's what you guys did for cannabis, marijuana, weed. You stretched it, made it a little less taboo. Don't forget, you guys know this, this is just history lessons, Len Bias. Len Bias, yeah. When Len Bias dies, America went tight on drugs. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. For all the kids watching, imagine if Kevin Durant gets drafted and three days later dies from cocaine and there's no internet and everybody in the world is just paying attention to one story. Yeah. That's what happened. That's what exactly and, what happened. And, and he went to Maryland, right in Washington, D.C. Nancy jumped on that, scared the fuck out of everybody. Everybody, yeah. But I'm not, I thought if I smoked a cigarette, I would die on the spot. Yeah, I mean that Between that and worked. magic, 
in right. 91 with AIDS, I was finished. I couldn't do anything. I was like, church right. boy. I was scared of everything. <laughs> Sex, yeah. drug. I was like, no, no, no. Like, everything was scary. Everyone's dying. I don't want to die. Yeah, the that sounds stuff. That stuff sounds real good. And that fucking, I kind of want it, but fuck it. I don't want to die. Yeah, that's the, what That's what 1988 to 91 was. Oh, yeah. Mm. The propaganda machine was rolling so hard. So anything yeah. against that was like yeah. real taboo. Yeah, it was, it was hardcore. It was definitely hardcore, but, you know, you still have to push through that to to have people see the benefits. And I think that that's what we were able to do. What what can the the Vayner community, me, what, what, what are the things that we can help you with? I feel like you've given so much to like my entertainment and escapism and brought so much value. Anything we can help with? Anything well, that's you important? Know, um, enjoy the music, man. I mean, that's that's the, the our, our first passion that we started with was, was the music. We just put out Elephants on Acid. It's a new body of work that's very trippy dark psychedelic <laughs> and uh, you know we want people to see this new brand well this new form of an old formula if you will like a upgraded version and uh, I think they're they're gonna go on a ride with that aside from that we have our uh, doc that we're working out and uh, we're and doing, doing an indie go me right yeah indiegogo indiegogo campaign on that let's link up the new album and the campaign on this video on Facebook YouTube all that stuff let's do a swipe up Swipe up if you want to get on the dock. Swipe it. There you go. Yeah. Um, and what's what's that about? How much are you guys raising on that campaign? Um, I don't I don't know exactly what to. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's basically to tell our story from A and to B. You're gonna pop that on YouTube and Facebook and that. Yeah, or every, every platform. Just yeah. Put it out on the website, all that. Yeah, yeah. For us, it's it's just about telling our story A to Z. You know, a lot of the times the in between shit that helped us form what we have today. That never gets talked about, and, and uh, you know, like our history the is actual structure. Yeah, so you know, we want to give that to our fans, and and uh, you know, we want want. And what about touring? What's going on these days? Yeah, we just got back from South America, Mexico, and Canada. Um, this whole month we've been out, and uh, you know, we're gonna keep keep going at it. We got December, all of December in Europe. Europe, yeah. And then uh, next February, March, United States. I mean, it's well known, you know, Cypress Hill, we tour, we tour hard. Yeah, we stay on the road. You know, we're, we're, we're a touring band. We, I think we tour harder than any hip-hop artist out there, so. Yeah, we're going to be out there with Hollywood Undead in uh, February and March for that for that particular run. After that, uh, you know, we're just sort of looking for the new dates into the summer and and, uh, yeah. and the rest. So, you know, it's a, it's a lot of road work for us because still, you know, we still carry that same mentality. Got to play in front of people. <laughs> got to win them over. Got to got to do it. And then once you once you you do years and years of consecutively doing that over and over again, it kind of gets in your DNA and you, and you have to get out and you have to go perform. I can't and you got to hear the that. crowd cheer, I you know. I can't believe you just said that. I literally the other day said, "Oh fuck. I travel so much now that when I don't I kind yeah. of am going through like a detox. Like it feels don't feel, weird. I don't feel feels right. Weird. Yeah, it yeah. feels weird. Yeah, too much time at which, home you know, is, just, is, is crazy at first. Like for us, we, we, we do so much road work. How many days yeah. at home are you? Uh, it that's, depends. That's hard we, to say. We well, all what's have, your gut tell you? We all have Cypress Hill and everybody has like a, a side project too. Yeah. Like I yeah. play in Power Flow, he plays in Profits. Yep. And he does his thing with Redmatic with Cypress Junkie. So... You know, at any yeah. given time, it's, we could be giving time juggling. up for yeah, it yeah. could it could be like a like maybe six to seven months of road work, yeah. and then In the rest, net. you know, it just sort and of sporadic. Anything I can answer for you guys before we bounce here? Um, more like selfish, like not, not like for content, like anything I can, you know. 
Oh man, no, we're we're just glad to be here with you, man, and and uh, we appreciate taking the time yeah. to have us up here. All right, I got one question. Do you remember where you were at when you first heard Cypress Hill? Yeah, I do actually. I um, what is it? It's it's. I was in a. It's either one of two parties in the summer. I think in between eighty nine and ninety, right? I'm trying to think who was. It was a uh, Denise Mullaney's eighth grade pool party. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. And and that's a and good was, start. And in Bethlehem in Bethlehem Township, New Jersey, which is like the sticks. Mm. Yeah, sounds um, like it. And it was. It sounds, <laughs> and uh, and you know what? It, you know, and you guys know this. You guys had such a different sound, and like that, like catches people's attention. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, I do. And then Robbie Turnick, Jesus Christ, one of my best friends. I mean, he would fucking. I mean, we would play Nintendo baseball, like just regular Nintendo baseball when Genesis was already out. Mm. Just, to, but we'd still go back to the old school, yeah. and we would just play. He would just play that shit on did, repeat. Wow. Did you have to hide the CD from your parents? No, my parents, my my Russian mother, didn't give a fuck. She yeah. wasn't in my business. Yeah. It wasn't like you know what I mean. My I had like my my mom was like let's be a boy, a yeah, young she, man. She was like go out like she's like don't come back until like eight p.m. and eat dinner. She was not in my shit. Yeah, you know wow. she That's knew cool. I was, she was yeah cool. real cool. She first of all first of all she fucking put a macro spell on me and she knew I was a good boy. Right. Second of all I fucking worked all I was dude I didn't give a fuck about anything but money. That's right. I was fucking working. It snowed. My mom wasn't worried that I was in a basement with a bunch of kids drinking because it was snowing like outside. She knew too I much. was shoveling. She knew exactly where it was. Ding dong. W- would you give me 20 bucks to shovel your driveway? Like, I fuck with fucking working artists. Gotta like, do it. It's do one it. thing that you culturally were at that time when it mattered to me. It matters way more to me on the shit we DM about the entrepreneurial yeah. spirit. The fact that you guys are iconic and touring seven fucking months. Like, you're my kind of people. And likewise. Wow, Thank you. Hell yeah. Real pleasure. I got Real one, yeah. one last question. And I read something about this. Go ahead, uh, I mean, in your book. Uh, do you still think Alexa is the way to go because of uh, the whole uh, I think that- I think everybody's going to be like, Alexa, play Cypress Hill. This is going to be a lot of music. Cons- songs by Cypress Hill. This, Amazon this, music. This, this right there, what I just did, is a lot of what's gonna happen, See, because, Alexa louder. Because I was going to get it, and then the whole that whole controversy happened, no, and no, I was listen, gonna, I listen. was gonna get it because you said you that know this what is the next shit. you more than anybody, even if they're watching, live your fucking life. True yeah. that. There right. it is. There <laughs> it is. Right? It's true. Right. right. right I literally for the last eight years, because I knew this was all gonna happen to me, have been living my life on the record. Every meeting, every interaction, I. I just knew what, in my heart, I knew this was gonna happen for me, and I was like, fuck it, I'm not gonna give one person that actually knows me anything other than I'm the best fucking dude. I'm just gonna live my life. That's right, yeah. man. Right on. Cool. Hell yeah, All right. thanks. Cool deal.